Chats from the Blog Cabin. Your favorite podcast is here. Welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know, the show where I invite people virtually into the blog cabin to chat about life. And today we're chatting with John, who is a Christian inspiration and motivational speaker. He was called to ministry about a year after he lost a lot of his vision due to having three brain diseases, which I cannot even imagine, all at one time with no immune system. So welcome to the show, John. I have to say I love your tagline. If a legally blind guy can do all this, then what is your excuse? I love that. So John, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a professional goofball. I love to challenge people and encourage them. And I'm kind of in a position now where I don't take excuses. (laughs) So I have a little ammunition with the vision about people who whine all the time, which by the way is kind of the principle of the book I wrote, Stop Your Whining. So I do that. I do marriage ministry. I am a master certified coach and relationship coach as well. So I do all of that. My wife and I just started a radio talk show on an actual radio station. (laughs) And um, we do a relationship talk show called Marital Mucky Mania because like I said, I'm a little bit of a goofball, but I'm very serious about marriage and teaching marriage like it's supposed to be taught and none of this conform to everybody's ways thing that's going on nowadays because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. So let's talk about first losing your vision, because that's a life changing moment that you could have easily been so upset with God about all this happening. And you could have just taken a totally different turn. So let's talk about the turn that you, you know, how that was able to you were able to change your, you know, shape your life around a ministry around that. Well, yeah, I lost my vision. I still don't know where I put it. I've been looking for it, but the vision's a little it's causing me a hindrance to find it. So that's just a really bad joke, Melissa. Just ignore the ridiculous Mm -hmm. jokes. It's just what I do. Um, It was kind of weird because I was a newlywed at the time. So three and a half months into my new marriage, I ended up getting really dizzy. They took me to the hospital and said I either had a stroke, a pre-stroke, or I was, that was a warning a stroke was coming. And so they held me overnight. They took me to the MRI. And by the time I came out of the MRI, I had absolutely no idea where I was. And I was talking bizarre. Mm -hmm. So that was the beginning of it. It took a lot of miracles, a lot of connections that were just placed in my life to uh, be able to survive this thing. And that's what the book actually talks about. About 60% of it's about the vision loss. And so then... um, I was released from the hospital. Eight days later, I was rushed back. I was put in ICU for four days. They told my family they didn't think I was coming out of it. So it looked pretty bleak. And then if I tell you the whole details, then nobody's going to have any uh, desire to buy the book. So, (laughs) but long story short, long story short, It took a miracle to diagnose it. It took a miracle for me to be alive. And even at that, even though they found out what it was, even though I'm still alive, the permanent effects of what I had 
are not seen other than the visual issue because they said I could come out of the hospital with the mentality of a 12 year old. Mm -hmm. Well, I was 37 and everybody thought that was an upgrade. So they started getting excited. Um, just, <laughs> but they did say that they actually said not the family. The doctor said that, mm -hmm. <laughs> that I could come out with the mentality of a 12 year old, but they also said I might lose my motor skills because of the amount of pressure that was on my brain, especially mm -hmm. with no immune system. Well, I still play drums. I still bowl. Um, I do a bunch of stuff. So my motor skills are still fully intact. Um, they help me run when the wife is chasing me because she's mad at me. Um, so I, I got to keep all of those gifts and see, I call them gifts. People look at them as I'm just going to take it for granted because this is just normal. Well, it's not mm -hmm. normal for everybody. So that's kind of where I come in and say, look, you need to cherish everything you have. People complaining about COVID and being locked up and not being able to get out. My response was, welcome to my world. What are you guys whining about? You get bored. You're stuck in your house. You can jump in your car and drive around and get out of the house and roll down the windows and just go sightseeing. Guess what I do? If my wife isn't here, I sit here. Mm. But I didn't whine as much as everybody else. So that's the name of the book. Stop your whining. <laughs> um, so people look at life and they take things for granted. Like my dad's 73 years old. He sends me a text almost every single morning. Good morning. And that's it. I cherish that because he's 73. You know, mm -hmm. is he going to be 83? Is it going to be 93 when he leaves this world? We don't know. And I'm not going to wait until those texts stop coming in before I start cherishing them. So that's kind of my theme. It's stop your whining. That when I speak, when I go out and speak, my motto is stop your whining. But I also love to encourage people. And like you said, my motto, <clears throat> excuse me, my motto is if a legally blind guy can do this, then what's your excuse? So that's pretty much who I am. And oh, you just asked about the vision. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. There's a lot of similarities. Um, a lot of the viewers and listeners don't know, but my grandmother, my dad's mom was legally blind and that woman was a spitfire. She lived by herself. <laughs> she did all these things that, you know, even nowadays that would look be frowned upon that most women wouldn't do by themselves, but she did it all by herself. The only thing she needed help with was like paying her bills at the end of the month. And my aunt would go over there and just, she would sign the checks, but my aunt would write the, the checks out. She could still sign. I mean, she was a spitfire. So I, yeah. I see a lot of that resilience. Where did that resilience come from? It's from my faith, plain and simple. Um, I cried one time after I lost my vision, and it was simply because I was not able to see my kids play their sports anymore. That hurt because I was a sports fan. I, I played sports growing up. And I was blessed to have not just one, but three kids who were standouts in their respective sports. Excuse me. So the, the, the um, inability to see them play was very, very difficult. Um, I would have people commentate the game to me. But then about a year later, I went to see another low vision specialist instead of my regular doctor. And he looked in my eyes and he's like, John, there's something not right. I'm like, well, I could have told you that. <laughs> but he said, I can't see your retina and I'm supposed to be able to see it. Go have your doctor do this. And it was a, a YAG surgery. They did the YAG surgery. Then all of a sudden, my, some of my vision came back, but it was still very minimal. 
So, but at least I was able to use binoculars and focus in on my kid and just watch them run around whatever the game was. And so I was able to experience it a little bit more so at that point. So that was a huge blessing in itself. Wow. So why did you decide to, were you the Christian inspirational speaker before this happened or did you decide to, after this happened to start? It was a year after I was, um, I put a new band together and we were playing this small festival up in Indiana. And on the way there, we were about to cross the bridge from Kentucky to Indiana. And I remember having a pretty bad thought because I was in a really successful band prior. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we had signed a, a record deal. They were playing at this huge festival. And I felt I was done pretty bad. And I ended up leaving the band because of it. And I remember crossing the river and thinking, they, you know, my side of it, they did me wrong, put a couple knives in my back. They're playing at this large festival, and here I am playing this little city park. And then I stopped, and I said – I repented immediately. I said, God, I'm sorry. If you wanted me playing that festival, that's exactly where I'd be. But you've got me going to this park for some reason. So whatever it is, if there's somebody I'm supposed to reach, and I said, let's roll. That's one of my favorite sayings, let's roll. And it's kind of an, in honor of that Pennsylvania plane that went down in the 911. Um, so I love let's roll. And so that was my prayer. Well, our band played. That was it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a drummer. Didn't have my drums with me. We played the stage set. So I had some extra time, and the guy promoting the show had heard my story because I talked to him about it. He said, hey, John, do you want to give about a 10-minute testimony while they're changing out equipment? I went, uh, Sure. I'm like, well, I don't have anything to say. What do I say? And I walked up to the microphone and just said what God gave me. And that was you have purpose. If you have oxygen mm -hmm. in your lungs, you have purpose. I don't care what you've done. I don't care what your background is. I don't care what your past looks like. I don't care. God's got a purpose. And so that's the message that I gave. And I didn't just have one person. I had two people come up to me at separate times. And said, John, thank you so much. I um, really needed to hear that today. Same message from two separate people in two different locations, actually. And, you know, I don't know how many people were there. I couldn't tell. But what were there, 20, 30? Mm -hmm. Say there were 20 people. That's 10% of the crowd. Yeah. Now, what about the people that heard that but never came to me and said anything? I don't know. We don't know who we reach. Our job is to do what we're called to do. Let God do the rest. You know, because we can't just expect him to do everything. Well, it was the next day, Melissa. I was at my office. Actually, I was at my desk in my bedroom. And I'll have to tell you about my newlywed situation in a minute. You probably know. Um, she, she was sitting there, and I said to her, I said, I can't get over those responses from yesterday. I'm still blown away by it. And in my head, I thought, Maybe God's calling me to the speaking ministry. And I am telling you, it wasn't three seconds. She said, do you think God's calling you to the speaking ministry? Wow. <laughs> I went, I do now. <laughs> 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 so that's where it started. 
Well, it's so funny that you were saying that about reaching if you've only reached one person. I've been struggling with that a lot lately, too. So, you know, there's been a couple of times that we've had to reschedule this interview a couple of times by no fault of yours, but for things happening with me. And now I know there was a reason because of this particular episode, this what you just said. Well, well, that's cool. See, sometimes we do things that don't even know it. Yep, that is so true. So you said to remind you to talk about your newlywed experience. Yeah. Um, during that time of illness, um, she was actually approached by a family member that said, are you still going to stay with him? Because married three and a half months, right? I went from this healthy guy who could drive her places to I can't even see now. And they asked her that question. Her, her response was, uh, that's my husband. Yeah. I'm sticking with him like she was upset because of that ridiculous question. The reason I wanted to bring her up is because nine years later, she suddenly passed away. Mm. Just so there's another way that I get at people. You're worried. Not you, Melissa. <laughs> you're worried. <laughs> you're worried. Husband. I love to go after men. You're upset because you want the toilet, po toilet paper roll over and not under or vice versa. Who cares? Who gives a flip? That's what you want to worry about? I've had one husband in a coaching session tell me he can't stand the way his wife folds the towels. I responded with, then fold them yourself because I'm a tough love guy. Mm -hmm. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't be tough on you. If you wanted to hear things that make you feel good, I'm not your friend. That means I don't care about you. So I just said, fold them yourself. He said, oh, I do now. I said, good. Problem solved. Next. And I'm like, this is what you guys are arguing about. Seriously? You cannot be serious. I woke up on Tuesday and went um, – I woke up on Monday and I went to work. I woke up on Tuesday planning my wife's funeral. Don't complain to me about the towels. Just you don't want to do that with me. <laughs> but wow. I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. Yeah, but Wow. But yet you're you're happily married now, correct? I have a doll for a wife. She is as adorable as they come. She is spunky. I think you said Spitfire earlier. Yeah. Yep. She is I mean she is a precious precious gift. And you know she's got a history too. She's it's too long of a story to get into, but she went through some trauma at a very young age which it rewires your brain. And you see the, you see life way differently. And I'm actually writing a book about our story because God moved on us so powerful. Um, I, I don't believe that God chooses somebody for you. I believe that you get to choose who you want to marry as long as they're of the Christian faith. So like me, when I was single again, I, I couldn't marry an unbeliever. That's against what scripture says. And it's a common sense thing anyway. So. Most people can choose who they want. However, with my wife, Tanya, and me right now, I believe God said that's who you're going to marry. I believe it was a specific purpose that he had for me reaching her and her reaching me. And it has proven to be true because she needed restoration. And mm -hmm. she's never had anybody lead her, guide her, teach her, anything. She needed restoration, but I was a widower. So did I. And I had been a Christian 27 years when I met her. And in those 
we, we, we haven't been married quite three years yet. And with her, I have grown more as a Christian in the three and a half years I've been with her than my entire 27 years prior. Because her story hit me in such an emotional way that got, sorry, I'm choking up. It's okay. It was like Jesus used her to say, look, I love you even more than you realize. And you just got to get that in your thick head. My love is so deep for you. You have no clue. But I'm sending a girl that you have a purpose with. But he used her to get me to see just how deep, passionate his love is for everybody, not just Christians, but everybody. And Romans 5, 8 says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I get tired of the I'm not worth it. I've done too much bad. Well, while you were doing those bad things, he died for you. So don't tell me you're not worth it. Anyway, get me going. Can't help it. So, yes, I'm married again. Thank you very much. <laughs> I love that. So now is a great time for a brief commercial. And then we'll come right back and we'll talk some more about your life. So here we go. Chats from the blog cabin. We not only have voices for a podcast, but also faces for YouTube. Don't miss your next episode. Hi, I'm Stratton Leopold from Leopold's Ice Cream in Savannah, Georgia. 11 years ago, we started the I Pledge Project giving children who can recite the Pledge of Allegiance from memory a free scoop of ice cream. So join us. Over 200 shops across the country have over the last 11 years. Join us in July, National Ice Cream Month, and Independence Day for iPledgeforIceCream.com. And we are back with John. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your recuperation going through trying to get used to not having your eyesight because that has to be a story in itself oh it's quite the story but i just learned that i'm driving to savannah georgia because i love ice cream and i can recite the pledge of allegiance <laughs> i'm just gonna go down there and hey they said i could have the mentality of a 12 year old you know maybe i can use that excuse um it was interesting um i i had some struggles with vision um, anyway, but not anything like this. Um, being diabetic, you know, I'd had eye surgeries and all that, but I was still driving. I mean, March of 08, I drove to Arkansas and back, but in May is when all of the issues hit and vision was gone. Um, so to learn how to live like that, I stayed at home for about six months and that was one way. Of course, I was having to apply for disability. I didn't want to go back at to work yet because number one how do i go back to work but um i'm going to pick up my green screen and show you something can you see that camera back there in that screen yeah okay that's one thing that i use that is a document screen and i can put documents under it and i can blow it up really big on that screen like the letters can be that big mm -hmm. so that's one way that i've learned how to operate i use a screen reader on my computer I have a 42 inch TV over to my right. This is a dual screen that I use and it's huge. So it helps me see better. 
I have a phone that talks, a computer that talks, that thing talks, my computer talks, and I have a wife that talks. I can get them all to stop except for one, but we're not going to talk about that because I do marriage ministry. Um, so that's kind of the way you do it. But here's the thing. You can sit back and live in defeat or you can sit back and live in victory. Your choice. Losing the vision happened. But what happened isn't as important as how you respond to what happened. So instead of sitting around and moaning and groaning, and this is not bragging on John. Colossians 1.27 says that it's the Christ in me, the hope of glory. So everything I say that I do right now, God gets the glory. He's given me the ability to do it. But we as humans still have to put effort. Okay. But I've built, I do a marriage ministry called Marital Monkey. I built that entire website myself, legally mm -hmm. blind. I built my Blind Fury website. I've gone to school and become, I've got seven coaching certifications. Um, I've put together full concerts at the church, Fireflight, Petra twice, um, Nemesilla Park, The Protest, Disciple. Um, I do those concerts from top to bottom. Um, what else do I, I bowl? I play drums. If a blind guy can do it, what's your excuse? Because I'm not going to listen to your excuses. I, I just will not do it. Um, so part of the healing is doing something about it. If you sit around and whine and moan and groan, whether it's vision lost, you've had a sketchy past, you've been a horrible person. If you stay on the point of dwelling on all of that stuff, you will never heal. You'll never move forward. You'll stay back there with all the crap and you'll, you'll stay there as long as you desire to or you choose to. And like I said, you know, my wife's been through some stuff and it's caused her to make some bad decisions. And I finally said, there's a point you got to make a choice. Are you going to wallow in it or are you going to say, I'm going this way? Because looking that way will cause you to run into a brick wall going that way. Mm -hmm. So that's what I challenge people to do. Stop whining about the past and move forward and live. Every day you whine, you've missed a beautiful golden opportunity to cherish the day God just gave you because you're too worried about something that you can't change. If you can't wow. change it, forget it and go. Wow. Was there ever a point right after you found out you were legally blind that you were questioning? Cause I know it's, it's human to question God. Why did this happen to me? Or was your faith so strong at that point that you're like, okay, God, this happened to me. How are you going to use it for your good? I've, it's going to sound crazy but i've i didn't question the vision loss i didn't even question my wife passing away i was so confident especially when i became a widower i knew where she was how could i be sad that she is living a life that she's worked for for all the years she was on this planet see the bible talks about that we we are we aren't sad like those who have no hope and, and God gave me a vision of her, actually, and two people confirmed the vision without knowing I had it. It's powerful. It's in my book. The vision loss, I was sad when I couldn't see my kids play. But like I said, whining about it doesn't change the fact. You do the best of with what you have. That's the only way to operate if you want to be happy and joyful. Now, that's two different things. I teach that in marriage. 
I don't have feelings. I'm just not happy with him anymore. What's happiness got to do with it? Happiness is an emotion. Emotions come and go and they mess with your mind. Love is commitment, dedication, and faithfulness. That's what love is, not this feelings junk. They're important. Don't get me wrong. It's important to have them. See how I go from one side to the other. Mm -hmm. um, I just get, I have so much on my heart to tell people, but feelings are really important. Like I look at my wife to, to this day and I melt, but see, that's a mindset. I study her. I literally watch her the best that I can walk across the room and just grin. She doesn't even know I do it. <laughs> now she will. <laughs> oh, she, I've told her she just forgets, um, <laughs> but that's, that's the part where your feelings stay strong because you invest well with the vision. I can get out of bed every morning. Why God, why did I lose my vision? Now I can't see. No, I can't drive. Now I can't go to work and I can't, I can't see anything. These people get to do this. These people get to do that. And I can't do that. Blah, 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 blah. And guess what? I'm still legally blind. So what's the point? Instead, I get up and go, God, what are we doing today? And I have been able to reach more people with the vision loss than I probably ever would have had I not lost the vision. And see, this is temporary. Mm. It's just temporary. It feels like forever, but it's temporary. Do you think and you I, would have been a motivational speaker and a Christian speaker if you hadn't lost your vision? Nope. Nope. Simple answer. That's the shortest answer you will ever get from me. Nope. I love that. So let's talk about starting a ministry with your wife. Cause honestly, I applaud men and women, husband and wives that can work together. Cause honestly, I think there's sometimes there's too much time with each other that you kind of get on each other's nerves. Let's <laughs> talk about the, uh, the marriage ministry that you and your wife started. It's funny. You say that she's my caregiver. <laughs> <laughs> And she said the same thing you did. Jude, I can only handle you for so long. No, I, I, I don't know that she said that, but I think she feels like that. I'm just a different animal. I could spend 24 hours a day with her and it not phase me. I just love that woman. And that's the way I'm built. But people do have to have their space. I understand that. So um, part of understanding your partner and having a great marriage is understanding their side of things, too, without getting offended and being all defensive. Like, well, you don't want to be with me. <clears throat> well, you know what? Not everybody's made the same. That's what makes this world beautiful. Um, so after Sherry passed away, I thought when I'm at a speaking engagement, I should probably mention from the stage something about cherishing your spouse, because I mainly told the story about my vision. I throw in jokes and stand up and have a ball with it. And I thought maybe I needed to mention that. Well, then I met Tanya. And I heard her horror stories. Her life was a wreck for a long time. And she came home one day and she won't be mad for me telling you this because I've told this before. She says she came home one day drunk and said, God, I can't do this anymore. I need help. So she tried to get her life on track. She thought she needed to find a Christian man. Well, she found a Christian man who she left after he was arrested for domestic violence. But mm -hmm. he, knew the, he knew the word. The problem is, so did Satan. Follow me? Mm -hmm. 
you can quote the word of God verbatim and you still be lying. Such as when Satan quoted the word to Jesus on during the temptation when he was tempting Jesus. He quoted the word to him and then Jesus responded with, but it is also written. In other words, your motivation behind saying that verse is for selfish gain. It's corrupt and it's deceitful. Because it also says in the word, same thing here. I'm the head of the house. You obey me. Mm-hmm. Technically, he's right. But he's wrong. <laughs> he's wrong. 100% wrong, although he's technically right. As a matter of fact, I'm teaching on that very thing right now in our workshop. Because that past thing makes men puff out their chest. They want the title head of the house, but they do not want the responsibility. There's a problem. There's a disconnect. They don't understand what it means. And it has nothing to do with you demanding your wife and treating her like she's a slave. The Bible doesn't say that it's not good for man to be alone. So God created a doormat for him. That's not what it says. It says help mate. Do you realize when it says that the husband's supposed to present his wife holy and blameless, the word present there means to place beside. Ah, nobody knows that. The men won't study that. It doesn't say put her behind you, sucker. It means put her beside you. Where did the rib come from for Adam? God took it out of Adam's side, mm-hmm. not his hind end, not his foot, his side. That's a clear indication. Your wife is supposed to be your equal walking side by side together in everything. And if you don't, you're doing it wrong. Anyway, so how the marriage ministry started. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what you asked. Uh Because of her situation, I was like, somebody's got to teach this stuff. Because you hear it watered down. People are scared to say, wife, submit to your husband. Well, that's all throughout the New Testament that people look at the word submit as a bad word. What did Jesus do? submitted that's why he died he doesn't submit he doesn't die we have no chance at the kingdom he submitted but what about his feelings he he didn't feel like dying which is where i get off on the feelings thing put your feelings aside feelings are going to lead you astray jesus said to the father three times god i don't want to do this i thought to but not what I want, but what you want. That's why you can't base things on feelings because even Jesus didn't feel like going through what he went through. So submission is not what you think it is. Men just like to make it look like that, which is where I come in. But my wife, because of her past, really didn't want to be involved in the marriage ministry. She's like, I'm not worthy enough. I'm like, yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Well, it's funny how God works, and it's way too long of a story, but I was doing the marriage ministry. I, she helped me name it, Marital Monkey. We do a sh- workshop on Monday nights called Marital Monkey Mondays. Everybody's welcome, by the way. Go to MaritalMonkey.com. It's on Zoom. Click on it. It's free. We have a blast. I teach scripture. We laugh. We joke. We apply it to today, and we just have a good time. Um, everybody pitches in, which is what's great about it. Um, even I learn 
listening to some what is being said. So she goes to that, you know, and then I started a show called the Psalm 150 talk show where I have popular Christian rock artists, mainly Christian comedians to come into the Zoom app and I let fans talk to them. Well, she helps me with that, right? Well, next thing I know, we're going on the radio. And she said she would read the email questions to me. Well, now she is definitely involved in Marital Monkey Mania, which is the radio show. She reads the questions, but this woman helps me answer questions and knocks it out of the park. She, th when you're a husband, Melissa, let me explain this to everybody. Ha do I need to be quiet? <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. I'm soaking it all in. <laughs> <laughs> when you are a husband, okay, husband, you are the head of the wife as Christ is head of the church. What did Christ do for the church? Died for the church. But he also taught the church. He led the church. He wasn't rude. He wasn't demanding. He wasn't even disrespectful, except to the religious freaks called the Pharisees. He called them vipers. Don't call your wife a viper. That's not a good idea. Your job is to lead your wife. When you do that, God shows you things about your wife that she doesn't even know. Who did God talk to in the garden? Adam. Did he tell Eve? Nope. Adam told Eve. God went to Adam. Adam went to Eve. That doesn't mean that the woman's any less. Does that mean the woman can't hear from God? Absolutely not. There are prophetic women in the Bible. So I don't want to hear all this stuff the woman's lesser. That's not the truth at all. That is so far out of bounds. But God sets it up in order for it to work according to his purpose, not ours. And it says the husband's the head of the wife. The wife is to submit. But you have to understand how to submit. You have to understand how to lead. That's the problem. People read those verses and go, ah, they're beautiful because it sets up the order to, for a marriage to work in its full purpose. Are you out? If you can't submit to your husband, your wife, maybe there's a pride issue because, again, Jesus did the ultimate submission. All he's asking you to do is follow your husband's lead. But what if the husband's a jerk and says, give me this, give me that? The Bible says, submit to your husband as is fitting to the Lord. So if your husband's not treating you like Christ, do you really submit to that garbage? That's a very slippery slope to get on. Anyway, back to my point. So if you're walking and doing your best, husbands, leading your wife as Christ loved the church, as in the same way, by the same measure. If you want to know how to be a husband, read Jesus's life. See what he did for his church and treat your wife like that. Therefore, I don't condemn you. Oh, my gosh. Jesus said that. I got to do that to my wife. Ugh. Nope. Husbands would rather beat their wives down because they made a mistake and never let them live it down. That's not Jesus's attitude. He had a lady in adultery that he said, neither do I condemn you. But then what did he do? Now go leave your life of sin. He instructed her. Husbands, are you hearing me? Anyway. And he didn't instruct her with hateful 
you're an idiot, blah, blah, blah. He did it with love, compassion, and recognized the hurt this lady was experiencing. And he encouraged her and then told her to stop. But he didn't do it in a hateful way. Anyway, so when you can see things in your wife, I see so much in my wife that she does not see herself. That's the role of a husband. To encourage that woman, to let her know she is worth it, to let her know God's got a purpose for her life. And my goal is to somehow pull that out of her. And that's what a husband does, just like a pastor in his church. He might see things in his congregation they don't see. You know what? I think God's calling you to this ministry. What? No, I think so. Same way with a husband and a wife. And now she's my co-host on this radio show. I knew she did in her. And between prayer and between her listening even though it's hard because she's been abused. It was, it's hard for her. Now she's my co-host and the show is a blast. And she gives so much good information because of what she's been through. She knows how to answer some of these questions. Like one question we had was how do you attract a, a healthy partner after experiencing trauma? I'm like, what a question Taylor made for her. I answered the question, but she jumped in and just, oh my gosh, she knocked it out of the park. So that's how the marriage ministry started. That's where it is today. I think I actually answered that question in like an hour or less. <laughs> I love that. I, I, so, so how much talking and convincing did you have to do to get her involved? Because it sounded like you had to do quite a bit. Well, I stayed persistent, but then there's a point to where you go, God, I just pray for every day. Like the first thing out of my mouth, other than good morning, Lord, and thank you, blah, 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 is I lift up my wife to you. And I speak for this. I speak for that. And you can actually prophetically pray into people's lives. And that's what I do. And see, I can do my part, but I can't do it alone. Like marriage, our Christian walk is teamwork. You don't expect God to do everything, but he doesn't expect you to do everything either. He says, here's what I want you to do, and then I'll follow it up. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I was you – know, she is such a doll. Just an absolute doll. You don't believe me? Wait till you get to know her. She's she's an amazing woman. She just she's starting to learn that now. But you know, for 40 years, she was, you know, wherever, you know, trying to live a Christian life. And then you get this husband that thinks he's God and quotes the word, although he misinterprets it, which is technically false teaching. You know, and that's like that's why it's so humbling to me that God said, I want you to marry this girl. And so I didn't really have to convince her because you really can't force somebody to do something. And I didn't want to do that, but I wanted to encourage her like God's got a purpose for you. And she knew it, but I don't know if she actually believed it. I, I don't know. It's hard to really say. Um, and then this whole marital monkey mania radio show. 
it just kind of flowed. I really technically didn't ask her to do it. She had mentioned, we thought about doing it a different way, but she said, I could read the emails to you. Okay. But then the radio show opportunity comes up. Like this radio station's out of West Virginia and they cover 80 counties. And she was all in. She jumped and she said she would just read the emails and that's it. But that's not what happened. She read the emails. I would ask her a question and boom. So you have to have your faith that God's going to move on your behalf when he's ready to move. People want it. It's an instant gratification society nowadays. You send a text, you want an answer right now. Because that's the way cell phones have taught us to act. But some wait upon the Lord and he will renew your strength. Notice the wording there. Wait. Mm -hmm. So she is. I mean, I'm telling you, she's beautiful. <laughs> I, every time as you're talking, I'm thinking about um, the blog cabin. Actually, I purchased this in 2018, never really thinking that I was going to actually I purchased it so I could have an office outside the home because I was a blogger. And I was like, I need some place to write where I can just shut the door and nobody come in and bother me. And then when COVID hit and I miss going to all these events, I'm like, you know, I miss meeting people and talking to people. Yeah. But I hated being in front of the camera. And you were just talking about pouring into your wife. Well, I got in one time. I was in a challenge and I brought in a friend to go live on Facebook about one of my core values, which is relationships and friendships. And so we got into chatting. And so chats from the blog cabin started from that point on. Love but, the name. But I mean, it's, it's so God sets you up long before you actually fulfill your purpose. Because like you said, wait, in 2018, when I bought this, I had no idea that this was going to become a chat <laughs> and actually did not even think about doing my Sunday inspirational messages until I was actually speaking with uh, a minister a few months ago and the idea popped in my head. Well, uh, you are spreading the word. Why awesome. don't you just do it on Sundays for people that, you know, listen to your podcast and your show and don't, you know, may not know the word of God and they need to know that they can overcome their circumstances. That's awesome. I love it. And you know, here's the thing, Melissa, if you want to grow, you have to be pruned. Bible says that. Some of the analogies in the Bible are just fascinating. You have to be pruned. You have to get rid of stuff to be able to grow. And growing rarely is ever comfortable. Mm -hmm. It takes some growing pains sometimes. If you want to grow, you got to get out of your comfort zone. Yep, for sure. So you, you, did, you did it. I did it. I still have some more growing to do. I still have to get out of my comfort zone in some ways. <laughs> Oh, yeah. None of us have any more growing to do. Just you, Melissa. It's just you. <laughs> just you. I'm thankfully I'm already grown. I, I don't have any more. Oh, my gosh. My knees are hurting because I'm still growing. But I, I would rather grow than sit complacent. Yeah, because. And I think, yeah, life began for me when I turned 50 and it was like, oh, let's do whatever. You know, I forget about when anybody else says about judgment. Let's just go out and have some fun and just live with no regrets. Oh, yeah. Well, now you, you said something about me pouring into my wife, but she pours into me, too. You know, it's that's what the beauty of marriage and the thing about marriage that I love. This is so powerful. And I know moms will argue with me. 
<clears throat> but I don't base my arguments on opinion. I base it on the word because I can see where a mom would get upset at this, but the marriage is to be held above all. The marriage is to be held in honor among all, meaning there's nothing more important than your marriage, and that includes kids. That includes your job. It even includes your ministry because otherwise the Bible would say marriage is to be honored among all except for but it says among all why is that if you notice in scripture it's the only human relationship god says that's supposed to be permanent your kids are supposed to leave right mm -hmm. you might have different seasons at a church those relationships will end but your spouse stays with you forever until death supposed to be like that so yeah. If you put your spouse first, moms, you are putting your kids first because they are to leave you someday. And when they leave, they, you know, the world does not revolve around them. They need to know that their spouse needs to come first when they get married again. Otherwise, they might be back in your basement. Yep. They need For to sure. know that marriage is to be honored among everything. And you raise your kids by putting your spouse first. You are putting your kids first because you're teaching them the word and you're teaching them how to be independent once they move out, start their own family. So there's another word for you. I don't know where all this is coming from. I'm just rambling like I always do. <laughs> I love that. Well, our time is almost up. What I always ask for people that come in and do our Sunday um, inspirational message is if they would like to say a quick prayer. So would you like to say a quick prayer? Yeah. Can I tell people where to get a hold of me? Is that okay? We can do that right after the prayer. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, I should wait to ask, but I never follow my feelings. <laughs> That's a lie. I actually do sometimes. <laughs> like when I get hungry, I get something to eat because I'm feeling hungry. So, yeah. yep. all right. I'll be happy to pray. All right. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for this time together doing this interview. Lord, I just pray that everybody who watches this, that your spirit falls on them, that your spirit engulfs them, that your spirit does not let them have peace until they have peace with you. And I pray, Lord, that everybody watching, listening or whatever realizes they have a purpose, even if they don't know what it is. You said that we are your handiwork and that you have called us long before we even knew it for a purpose. Even in our mother's womb, you knew us. And Lord, if anybody's watching this that does not know you, I pray, Lord, you would send your spirit down right now. Give them peace and strength and make yourself real to them because I know you're real. I've been doing this 31 years. I know you're real and you still what for me on a daily basis because you're just that good and i don't want anybody to not know you that has the opportunity so i just lift that up to you i speak blessings over each person within the sound of my voice or watching this video in jesus name amen all right so now tell people where they can find you no i'm not doing it now <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Um, my speaking ministry and all of that is on my personal ministry page. I actually do speaking engagements for no cost. I just go. If they take a love offering, I'll take it. Um, I do what I'm called to do. I let God do the accountant part of it. Um, my nickname is The Blind Fury. So that's my website, theblindfury.com. Um, my book's on there. It's only for donation as well. Five bucks, a hundred bucks. I don't care. Um, 
And, and the ministry page for marriage is maritalmonkey.com. And you can see about the radio show on there. Um, my wife and I both coach relationship coaching, bereavement coaching, any other coaching, group coaching. I have all those certifications. So maritalmonkey.com and theblindfury.com. You can find me and send me an email that I talk too much. I'll be fine with that. <laughs> I love that. Well, I can honestly say that you're probably the funniest guest I've had on yet. It's oh, a classification. We must have some boring people coming on this thing. I tell you. No, no, I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. I've had a lot of people that made me laugh, but I don't think I've laughed as much as I've had for this. <laughs> well, I guess you just take the gift I give you and use it to the best you can. That is so true. So, John, I want to thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. And, an honor. And, guys, I will drop all the links where you can find out John, wherever he's at, even getting his book um, in the show notes. And as always, be blessed. And remember, keep chatting. Love it. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode.